0: In New York, I'm John Tarleton, Editor-in-Chief of The Independent, and this is the WBAI Evening News for Monday, October 19th, 2020. Eleven months after Bolivia's left-wing government was deposed in a military coup, supporters of the Movement Toward Socialism, or MAS, are celebrating a sweeping victory in Sunday's presidential elections. That was the supporters of Moss last night chanting uh, over their victory. Exit polls show Moss's Luis Arce with more than half the vote and leading his nearest rival by about 20 points. His main rivals have conceded the race, though it will take days to complete the final vote tally in the mountainous Andean nation. Arce is a close ally of former Bolivian President Evo Morales, who presided over steady economic growth and the empowerment of the country's indigenous majority during his 14 years in power. Morales was forced to flee the country last November when police and military threw their support behind right-wing mobs protesting Morales' attempt to win a fourth term in office. Here in the United States, President Donald Trump continues racing across the country holding large campaign campaign rallies as he tries to cut into the lead of former Vice President Joe Biden, with Election Day only 15 days away. Biden holds a national polling advantage of about 10 points, but the race is closer in key swing states. Trump visited Michigan, Wisconsin, and Nevada over the weekend, holding events where mostly mask-free crowds of thousands of people gathered to hear the president. On Saturday, he egged on a crowd in Muskegon, Michigan, calling for the state's governor, Gretchen Whitmer, to be jailed for enacting public health measures to limit the spread of COVID-19.
1: Lock them all up.
0: The FBI and state police recently charged 13 right-wing extremists with plotting to kidnap and kill Whitmer. On Sunday, she appeared on NBC's Meet the Press and denounced Trump's latest provocations.
2: You know, it's, it's incredibly disturbing that the president of the United States, 10 days after a plot to kidnap, put me on trial and execute me, 10 days after that was uncovered, the president is at it again and inspiring and in, incentivizing and um, inciting this kind of domestic terrorism. It is wrong. It's got to end. It is dangerous, not just for me and my family, but for public servants everywhere who are doing their jobs and trying to protect their fellow Americans.
0: Trump and Biden are scheduled to hold their second and final presidential debate on Thursday night in Nashville. In Congress, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has given the Trump administration a 48-hour ultimatum to reach a final agreement on a new stimulus package of nearly $2 trillion, or she will call off negotiations until after the election.
2: 48 only relates to if we want to get it done before the election, which we do.
3: Well, don't you? Yeah.
2: Yeah, so which we do. But we're saying to them, we have to freeze the design on some of these things. Are we going with it or not? And what is the language? I'm optimistic.
0: While millions of Americans are waiting for an economic lifeline, Senate Republicans are expected to move forward with their top priority later this week, confirming Federal Appeals Court Judge Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. The Senate Judiciary Committee is expected to approve Coney Barrett's nomination on a party-line vote Thursday, and Senate Majority, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has vowed to bring the nomination to the floor of the Senate on Friday. Here in New York, the battle continues against the novel coronavirus. Over the weekend, state officials shut down plans for a 10,000-person ultra-Orthodox wedding to be held at Yetev Lev Desatmar Synagogue in Brooklyn. The wedding of the grandson of the synagogue's rabbi will continue, but will be limited to a smaller group of family members. Also, Barbara Jean Morris, president of the State University of of New York at Oneonta, has resigned her position after her school was overwhelmed by more than 700 COVID-19 infections when students returned to class this semester. She will be replaced by Dennis Craig, the interim president of the SUNY Purchase Campus, In Westchester County, which has reported only seven coronavirus cases as its campus of, at its campus of more than 4,000 students. And finally, the city has released results from its first week of random testing of staff and students who have returned to in-person classes at the city's public schools. It says only 20 staff and eight students out of 16,298 results tested positive for COVID-19. The New York Times. Reporting on this, the New York Times uh, suggested that New York City, quote, could serve as an influential model for school districts across the nation. But is there anything more we need to know? After the break, we will talk with a Brooklyn middle school teacher who was told to quarantine at home after he was exposed to someone at his school who tested positive. His name is Jabari Brisport. He's also very likely to be serving in Albany in January as the new state senator from Brooklyn's Senate District 25. We'll be back shortly.
1: Mm-hmm. 2016 on election day thank-
0: was Let the Rich Go Bust by the Down Home Strugglers. We will hear from one of the members of the Down Home Strugglers later in the show when we hear more about a big folk festival they have in the works. But for now, you, you are listening to the WBAI Evening News, presented by the independent New York City's progressive newspaper and website, celebrating 20 years of publishing this fall. I'm John Tarleton, the, edit, the Indies Editor-in-Chief. In our first segment, we'll be talking about the city's controversial school reopenings and much more with, J- with Jabari Brisport, a middle, middle school math teacher in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, who is also the presumptive new senator from State Senate District 25 in Central and parts of South Brooklyn. Jabari starts his new job in Albany in January. In the meantime, he's still working as a public school teacher. Last week, he was told to quarantine after being exposed to someone at his school who has tested positive for COVID-19. We're going to talk with him about that and much more. Jabari, welcome to the WBAI Evening News.
2: Great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: You bet. So first of all, uh, can you give us an update on your, your health and your quarantine? I understand you, uh, you, I mean, you're still negative, but what's your, what's your situation like right now?
2: I'm currently quarantining at home. Um, you know, I haven't gone out to get tested since I was told to quarantine on Friday, but I have no symptoms and I'm hoping that that continues.
0: Right. And, and, and what are your thoughts on the broader situation with the school reopenings? The, I mean, The New York Times was almost crowing this morning that uh, things were, you know, working marvelous, marvelously. What's your take?
2: I mean, this thing was done. So sloppily. I mean, there was clearly no input from teachers or people in education for these these systems. Uh, we could have had a really well done, um, fully remote system that was well prepared for and well resourced and you know well planned out for. And instead, the mayor tried to rush through this hybrid situation that kept changing every you know every other week, um, which has led to you know really. Something that is not great for student outcomes or student you know experience mm. and,
0: and how are you feeling about the 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 health situation at at the schools that are that are open?
2: you know we it is a, a constant sense of of danger you know for teachers and administration and and the wider community. I mean, when this one uh, member of the community Uh, Was diagnosed last week. You know, I I think several. I think upwards of like a dozen other teachers were had to, you know, quarantine because of it. Um, It is an extremely large ripple effect. And you know, when the mayor is pushing for these reopenings, he doesn't understand how like very, very tightly interconnected like school systems are, and how like one small thing can set up a large domino effect. Right. And also
0: uh, recently, the the mayor an- announced that he was uh, postponing payment of nine hundred million dollars in back ta- back pay that has been owed to public school teachers here in New York for about a decade. Uh, your thoughts on on that. De Blasio says he has no money. But as we saw at, at the end of June, there's always uh, there's always plenty of money for the police department.
2: Yeah, it's just absolutely ridiculous and shows that its priorities are not with people in education. Um, this might have been owed for, like you said, a decade now, and um, teachers have really put themselves on the line, um, you know, for, for their students and, and their families and really rolled with the punches. And this is just a slap in the face after everything, you know, the incredible stress and disorganization with this school reopening
0: Right and and just to be clear for our listeners the the problem uh, originated with the Bloomberg administration which refused to negotiate uh, new union contracts throughout his final term in office and De Blasio inherited that situation and negotiated a deal with the UFT uh, that included uh, postponing some of those uh, much overdue uh, pay raises till 2021 but now uh, he's uh, uh, you know pushing it back even even further and um, yeah, it, so- it sounds like a, a real slap in the face. And also, I mean, just um, we, we're we almost uh, two weeks away from the elections and wanted to check in with you on that on, on in a couple of ways. Uh, for, uh, first of all, I, I understand that you're uh, you're backing some uh, additional uh, uh, people you want to see join you in the in the state Senate. Why do you feel a sense of urgency around that?
2: I mean you know no matter who wins the presidential election and i hope it's biden but no matter who wins we're not going to get a single-payer health care system which is ridiculous because on its face it's ridiculous but we're also in a pandemic um we also have a governor that is you know uh trying to be uh, an obstacle to single-payer health care in new york but if we can get you know a couple you know a few more uh really great progressives that support the new york health act we can have a super majority a veto-proof majority in the state senate and we can guarantee every single person in the state healthcare, which is one of the most important things we can do right
0: now. Right. And uh, I mean, one of the main obstacles that's emerging is uh, a billionaire, uh, Ronald Lauder, one of the heirs to the Estee Lauder uh, cosmetics fortune is pouring mm-hmm. millions of dollars into uh, the campaigns of a, a number of uh, Republican candidates uh, for the state yep. Senate in Long Island and upstate New York. Uh, I mean, your thoughts about that, because he's also in the past been an ally of of Governor Cuomo.
2: I mean, this just tells you where uh, <laughs> where the allegiances of the wealthy are and where ultimately the allegiances of our governor are. I mean, that's you know, that's it's a pretty clear example of the people that support Cuomo and um, the people that want to keep uh, New York in the past.
0: Right. And you're, of course, a member of the Democratic Socialists of America. You won your primary by 23 points in, in June. And. Uh, You recently uh, announced that you will be voting for Joe Biden on the WFP line. I mean, Biden's politics are substantially different from yours. Can you talk uh, just in our final minute here about that decision and why you're voting for Biden and why you felt in particular you wanted to vote um, on the WFP line?
2: Well, two things. Um, A Biden presidency presents uh, a much easier path to the world I want to see than a Trump presidency. And in New York specifically, uh, the Working Families Party has been such a bulwark um, against um, austerity measures, against regressive legislation from the governor, and really a, a bastion of progressive um, power. And you know, the governor is currently trying to destroy the party by drastically raising the number of votes they need to remain a political party. So uh, I've been I'm voting for them to help them keep their ballot line, and I'm encouraging everyone else to vote for Biden and Harris on specifically the Working Families Party line.
0: Alrighty, Well, Jabari Brisport, thank you for joining us again uh, tonight on the WBAI Evening News.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: OK. All right. That was Jabari Brisport, the presumptive new state senator from central Brooklyn. We'll be back with more after this short break.
1: To ashes, dust to dust. ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Ashes to ashes dust and dust to dust. Gets a test and a nurse, the poor man costs on the train to work. Uncle Sam needs the golden rule. It's never too late to go to home school. Under the highway, living in a tent, write my phone
3: to the present day. I stayed at home till I run
1: out of cash using old newspaper for to wipe
0: my That was Let the Rich Go Bus by the Down Home Strugglers. You are listening to the WBAI Evening News presented by The Independent. I'm John Tarleton, the Indies Editor-in-Chief. You can find our latest coverage at independent.org. Our October print edition hit the streets earlier this month, and you can find it in our red and white news boxes on a street corner near you. Before we continue on with our second segment, I want to encourage everyone who can do so to give generously to WBAI and help keep shows like this on the air. You can give by calling to 516-620-3620. Zero two, or by going straight to give number to wbai.org. Again, that phone number 516-620-3602. You can make a one-time donation or better yet, sign up as a WBAI buddy for $10 per month or more and help keep WBAI and shows like this on the air. Now we turn to our second segment in North Brooklyn with a controversial new natural gas pap- pipeline that is drawing increasing criticism, both as a public health hazard and bad energy policy. Uh, There were people arrested last week doing civil disobedience at the construction site. And there was another rally and press conference uh, earlier today that featured a number of elected officials and and community leaders. And one of them was Kevin LeChera of Greenspoint. Uh, He joins us now. Kevin, thanks for coming on the show.
3: Thank you so much, John. I thought National Grid took you out there for a minute.
0: (laughs) No, they can't keep us down. Um, so, um, uh, so can you uh, lay out what's going on with this, uh, uh, pipeline and, and, why there's, uh, so much opposition to it?
3: Absolutely. I, uh, we're fighting the fight up here, uh, in North Brooklyn, uh, national grid, uh, which is our public utility. And they're a monopoly in New York, um, are running a massive frac gas pipeline, uh, from the neighborhood of Brownsville, uh, all the way up to Greenpoint, um, through, quite a few neighborhoods, uh, primarily black and brown and working-class neighborhoods uh, here in Brooklyn. Um, And uh, about a year ago, uh, folks throughout the borough, uh, led by the St. Energy Project, uh, started to organize uh, to stop them. And uh, that fight has uh, gone on uh, ever since. Um, And uh, today, uh, over the course of the past week, uh, there have been arrests. Folks have gone ahead and chained themselves to the pipeline uh, to stop the construction. Uh, and today, uh, quite a few of our elected officials uh, here in North Brooklyn throughout the city gathered uh, to tell the mayor and the governor who are the last two holdouts um, that, you know, we don't want to pay for something that ultimately is going to kill us.
0: Mm. And can this project still be stopped? Is, is there something Absolutely. the mayor or the governor uh, can do about
3: Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the mayor could pull the construction permits tomorrow on this work if he wanted to. Um, you know, and the governor could call for a halt to the work. You know, in, in New York City here, we have the CLCPA, um, the uh, Community Leadership and Community Protection Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act, um, which the mayor is frequently talking about as, as really the feather in his cap um, in terms of climate policy. And um, you know, this uh, a massive pipeline in some of the most stressed communities when it comes to environmental devastation in this whole city. Um, you know, really flies in the face of that. Um, You know, the the governor uh, has the ability to ask the Public Service Commission, which makes so many of these decisions up in Albany on, you know, um, on our public utilities, um, to halt the construction as well for review um, and be investing in renewables. Um, You know, and they they, they refuse to do it. They know about it. Uh, Both the mayor's office and the governor's office have held meetings with activists about this. Um, Every other elected official on the entire pipeline route uh, from top to bottom opposes it. Um, You know, all the major community groups oppose it. Thousands of people uh, along the pipeline route have come out and opposed it. Um, But uh, quite frankly, we're waiting for the mayor and the governor. Uh, And the people are starting to take it into their own hands, as you saw last week with those arrests.
0: Right. And we just have about 30 seconds here Uh, for people who would want to get involved or learn more about this situation. uh, Where can they find more information?
3: They could go to no NBK, no NBK, like no North Brooklyn, no NBK pipeline dot org. They could sign the petition and submit a comment to the governor um, and they could call Mayor de Blasio. Follow us on Instagram at no NBK pipeline, no North Brooklyn pipeline, no NBK pipeline um, on Instagram.
0: OK, Kevin LeChera from uh, Greenspoint in North Brooklyn. Thank you for from joining us. This evening. Oh, sorry, Greenspoint. Yes. Thank you for joining us on WBAI Evening News uh, tonight. Have a good one. Okay, thank you. All right, I think that's just about going to wrap it up. We had planned to do a third segment with uh, Eli Smith of the Down Home Strugglers in the Brooklyn Folk Festival, where we're going to talk about the the folk festival, which will be happening this weekend from Friday to Sunday. It's going to be a virtual folk festival. It's been around for about 10 years. It's incredible music. Every year with this uh, festival, and there, it'll be again this year. Only it'll be online instead of at Saint Anne's Church in Brooklyn. You can find, you can look up that on the, online at Brooklyn Folk Festival, and uh, it's it's um it's in a really amazing show, and I hope everybody gets to check that out. But we'll have to let it go for now. And special thanks to the Indies Amber Gagarian, Renee Feltz, and Leah Duran for their help with tonight's show. Once again, you can give to WBAI by calling 516-620-3602. Again, that's 516-620-3602. You can make a one-time donation or better yet, sign up as a WBAI buddy for $10 per month or more and help keep WBAI on the air. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week.
1: But it don't work like it did before. Richmond gets a test and a nurse. The poor man costs on the train to work. Uncle Sam needs the golden rule. It's never too late to go to homeschool. Under the highway, living in a tent. Write my phone to the president. I stayed at home till I run out of cash. Using old newspaper for the wipe. We've got our friends at CNN here. You guys love breaking news, and you did it. You broke it to admit is that Trump has helped all of you. He couldn't sell steaks or vodka or water or college or ties or Eric, but he has helped you. He's helped you sell your papers and your books and your TV. You helped create this monster, and now you're profiting off of him. We're with you, Michelle Wolf. but if corporate media has got you down, maybe you should try WBAI. we we'll listener-supported community radio, questioning the mainstream narratives trumpeted by the news profiteers. But in order for this whole thing to work, we need your help. Please go to Give, the number 2, WBAI.org, to find out how you can support WBAI or call 516-620-3602. And thanks for supporting Free Speech Radio on WBAI New York.
2: Welcome to Counterspin, your weekly look behind the headlines. I'm Janine Jackson. This week on Counterspin, despite the symbolism of her White House launch party being a super spreader event, the story of Amy Coney Barrett, the conservative judge currently looking like being foisted on the Supreme Court, actually begins a while back. Understanding how we got to this place, where a person who uses the term sexual preference may have a hand in